0: Welcome to In The Isles, the movie TV podcast that watches films in the cinema, not via spy balloon from the sky. Topical. Yep. This week, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. We have real news and our main review is Tar, starring
1: kate blanchett i was going to ask you before we started it is kate blanchett isn't it and not kate blanchett oh i mean she's been around for years surely if it was said in such a weird and wonderful way we'd know about it so we'll just go with blanchett yeah
0: it's blanchett emphasis on uh on blan blanchett. blanchett blanchett
1: blanchett you said emphasis on Blan.
0: yeah bland.
1: blanchett whatever <laughs> Anyway, we're late again. It's my fault. Is it my fault? No, it's collectively our fault. Yeah, makes it makes a mix. Yeah. And you know what? We might be late again. But we're gonna have some consistency later in the year. We're just going through a few things and we'll, we'll we'll brief you on that in episodes to come. Yeah. But James, in the intervening weeks, anything interesting happened in your life?
0: Two occasions I've annoyed someone just by walking past them. Number one, I was at uh, Preston Antique Center and there were two two people two women stood outside of the toilet in a narrow corridor and they were occupying the whole space of the corridor me and my wife walked towards them they could see us coming they knew we were coming they knew that inevitably something was going to have to give and for reasons that i don't know i didn't i didn't say excuse me i just i just squeezed past the person taking up the space she was right in the middle of the corridor i just squeezed past her no, I've squeezed past her as well. Didn't say excuse me. We just touch her? A... No, I didn't no contact. They're not gonna get right. me on that. Okay. We <laughs> made our way to the end of the corridor and I heard one of the women say, You just say excuse me, don't you? You just you don't just squeeze past, you say excuse me. And I pause and I look back and I just I was very close to beginning a confrontation <laughs> with these middle-aged women in the Preston Antique Centre. But I didn't say anything. And all I've done is walk past. And you know you've you you taking up the space you've yeah. made the original mistake there, and that annoyed me. That that did cast a bit of a dark cloud over my antique viewing experience. Three thousand five hundred pounds for some antique spiral staircases, refurbished.
1: You put you purchased these, yeah, did. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the women in the corridor. I'm getting you said it's narrow. I'm just just trying to pitch this. Did they, through you walking like a force of nature towards them, have to adjust or reposition themselves to allow you to go through or was there enough space just for you to do that without them? yeah there to? was
0: they didn't have to reposition there was enough space for me to turn sideways and and strafe past them <laughs> without making contact with with the with the wall or their bodies right.
1: So immediately I was like, I kind of agree with these two women, but on reflection, you, you have gone out of your way to not kind of impede them in any way by strafing past them. That might then have just made them think he's trying to make a point.
0: Yeah. Which the thing is, I wasn't even trying to make a point. Gone on for long enough, but second occasion, I won't give the full context. But someone offered me a leaflet, and I said, "No, thank you." I hadn't even taken two steps away from them, and this person went, "Wow." <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I'm well. I'm definitely not going to support you now because you're dissing me behind my
1: back. What was your tone? Come on, was that said exactly as you said? No, it? I said, "No, thank you." I don't. I don't understand the no, reaction
0: because it, it was a, It was. It was a delicate. I had to be yeah. polite. I won't go into buy, it, but I had to be polite. And even that was still like, wow.
1: It's not a wow moment. Yeah. Someone's used the reaction wrong.
0: So the press and antique center in this leaflet, I'm just annoying people just by walking past them.
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't think you've done anything wrong, to be fair. Um, don't beat yourself up over it. The people are just dicks, <laughs> aren't they? Well, they are. The, nearly 75%. That's how dim my perception is of the world. Yeah. Is a dick. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not on you, this. Not on you. How have you been? I've been all right. I've been all right. I have found that I have, I knew this anyway, a bit of an addictive personality. I got into a lottery scratch cards uh, quite a bit ago. And I did develop a brief obsession for a game on the uh Android Play Store called, or Google Play Store, called Beat Star. Are you familiar with this game? No, I'm not. It's basically Guitar Heroes on your phone. Very, And I'm not into mobile gaming, but this, this caught me. I'm travelling now. I've got a new job. I'm on the train. I could do with something that isn't work to do. So I thought, I'll re-download it. And weirdly, I've lost all my songs and the progress that I've made. So... I had to get in touch with the support team. I'll try and cut a long story short because if we're not focused on film and TV, this happens. But I got in touch with the support. I was like, I've signed up, but I don't seem to have an email address associated with my account, so I can't retrieve all this this previous progress and my purchases, which I'll get onto in a minute. I then had to fill out like a questionnaire which felt like an interrogation just to retrieve this account. And part of that was providing some invoices of purchases that I'd made in this app. And I thought, on occasion... I've spent £8 here or there, but I've not spent a lot of money. I went through, I spent £185 oh pounds on a mobile God. game. Yeah.
0: £185 on a mobile game, just confirm yeah. when I spoke of you. £185, British. That's
1: disgusting. Pound pounds sterling. Yeah. <laughs> so I I need to... And the, the thing is, I've got, the, I've got everything back now. They've restored it for me. And I've spent £6. It's been three days. This game is not... It's a good game, but they hook you in.
0: Yeah. Don't do so it. What can what you buy in the game? Do you buy new songs to play?
1: Yeah, so you can sort of manufacture your progress and, and get there in advance by buying songs that you will unlock naturally as you go forward. But they've also got a really annoying, catchy bit where if you miss a beat on a song, that's it, you've failed. Mm. But you can spend three gems to carry on. And that bit right. is the thing where I'm like, I, I guess it just points out how shit I am at the game. If anything, mm. <sighs> and it, it's sorry, you can cut this out. The other annoying thing that happened this week: had a bath, right? You know the overflow in a bath.
0: I'm not sure. No, what what do you mean?
1: So you get like, there's like a top sinkhole bit.
0: Oh, the yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The holes at the yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So around the bath, it ran a bit too much. Got in, and then it it started going through the overflow, and I thought, that sounds like it's leaking in the room. That's weird. That doesn't sound like it normally does. So I just thought, I'll listen to this a bit further. Further plunged myself in the bath. Thought, God, God, it really does sound like it's leaking all over the bathroom. Just ignored it, drained the bath, and the whole bathroom was completely covered in water and has leaked through to the dining room. Oh, no. So, yeah. Life's great. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> we've we've gone on a bit, but people like this bit. They've told us it's fine. James, what have you been watching this week?
0: Babylon, the epic period black comedy drama film from Damien Chazelle of uh, La La Land and Whiplash fame, starring Brad Pitt. Margot Robbie, what could possibly go wrong with this?
1: Well, Oh, don't do this. What? I wanted to watch this. I thought you were going to say it was good. Go on. I'm not going to say it's good.
0: And I was really disappointed. It flopped at the box office. Looking back at the Rotten Tomatoes score, it's not that bad. 56-52 for critics and audience. But it bombed at the box office. It bombed. And based on it getting 52% and it has a respectable IMDb rating in 7.5, I did think, okay, there's going to be something to enjoy in this. Because, and I won't go into it, but I finally watched Whiplash, which was a punishment from a previous conflict of interest. Unbelievably brilliant and amazing. So I just watched his other great film, Damage Zell. And the length, the running time, three hours. It's offensively long. The story of these characters, this rise and fall or rise and rise of certain characters in the end of the silent film era. It's fine as a story, but it goes on for so long that you can't really track anything, any of the arcs of the characters because it's so long and the the scenes are so long. And there is one character in particular who is he's like a trumpet player. And I feel like his character, Sidney Palmer, could be cut from the film completely because it's already too long. You've got Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Diego Calver going on their epic journeys through things, and that's really enough. But even then, the scenes are way too long. I get the point of some of these scenes, that they're supposed to be long, like the opening party scene goes on forever because it's this complete degeneracy, debauchery you really have to show that they were all just going wild. There's another very long scene where Margot Robbie's debuting in a speaking role. And because the sound technology is quite new, they have to do multiple texts for the scene. So sometimes one scene, there's a buzzing in the microphone. One time she misses her mark. Different things keep happening. But rather than just chop it up into, take one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight. It's almost shown in real time, them trying to film this scene, and it goes on and on and on. And you get the point. It's, they're really showing this point that it was hard to adapt to the sound, but it gets to the point where I, me as a viewer, I'm annoyed as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate that. I still wouldn't recommend it, unfortunately. However, Margot Robbie's brilliant. Brad Pitt's brilliant. He's bringing his full energy to it diego Calva's good the cinematography is all excellent the production design but it's in service of a story that's too long too long to even be bothered about and even a story that you just thought what was the point of that really what was the point
1: oh what a shame um i wasn't really expecting much from a babylon 5 prequel anyway if i'm completely honest yeah um just to ask on that as well. Because I heard another review that said, like, the first, like, half of it is this, like, chaotic, frenetic, non-stop. Like, you can't even blink or breathe, and then it kind of tails off. Do you? Does that mirror yes. your journey? Or
0: uh, Yes, that's right, because there's a big party scene. There's a scene where they're filming... It looks like they're filming two films at the same time in this desert location. You're so exhausted after that stuff that when it gets into people's like downfall and changing fortunes and stuff and you have to track these three different characters and the different storylines it's just like
1: whatever <laughs> well seems like it has some redeeming qualities but don't go and rush out to cinema it'll be on streaming in a week or two i'm sure what else have you been watching I'll be br- what else yeah i'll be brief
0: 1923 on paramount plus starring harrison ford and Helen Mirren, which I watched simply because there's so much advertising for this.
1: I haven't seen any.
0: Palmont Plus, maybe it's just on a bus that I see every day. (laughs) There is so much advertising for Palmont Plus in the Greater Manchester area for Tulsa and Maverick and 1923. Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren in a TV series. Well, this has to be good. It has to be. And this is a prequel series to Yellowstone. But it's One a of sequel many, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. We'll get this. It's a prequel to Yellowstone, but it's a sequel to 1883. And Yellowstone is very successful. Has many fans. And I thought, well, 1923, maybe that's set up as a you can you can you can still enter it without knowing about the, the lore of Yellowstone, which is set in modern day. So I jumped in. I do like Westerns, but this program is very well made, it's well acted. It's very much about ranching and the politics of ranchers and the business dealings of farmland owners in 1923. Mm. It's so much about that that I found myself having no interest in it. Despite normally liking things that are in that setting and not just being a Western but like early 20th century stuff, it was impenetrable. I didn't like it. And, I, and I, there's a lot of... Maybe I would like it more if I liked... If I knew anything about the previous things, the previous bits of content. But to give you an idea of how complicated it is, just listen to these descriptions of the main cast, right? Helen Mirren as Cara Dutton, the wife of Jacob Dutton and Dutton family matriarch. Jacob and Cara raised John and Spencer as their own children because they don't have any children of their own. Harrison Ford as Jacob Dutton, patriarch of the Dutton Ranch, husband to Cara Dutton, the older brother of James Dutton, portrayed by Tim McGraw in 1883.
1: Not that complicated I'm lost. I'm
0: lost. (laughs) Just listen listen to to this. Brendan Sklenner as Spencer Dutton, the younger son of James and Margaret Dutton, John Dutton Senior's younger brother and Jacob Dutton's youngest nephew, Spencer's witnessed the horrors of World War One and travels Africa tracking big game. Charlie Stover portrayed Spencer Dutton as a child during flashbacks set in 1893 in two episodes of the fourth season of Yellowstone. What is going on? (laughs) Who, where, who? Do I need to know this? Just having enjoyment because there is this stuff where they flash back or forward. I don't know to him someone hunting stuff in africa and it's like what what's happening just... <laughs>
1: oh.
0: so i won't i won't be watching it anymore despite the fact that good actors keep popping up like jerome flynn is in it timothy dalton robert patrick jennifer l
1: jerome and... flynn he's done a right number on robson green hasn't he he has yeah robson green oh Wire in the blood oh i'm prime time tv man where are you now with your fishing programme. Look at Jerome Is He's in Game of Thrones as well, isn't
0: he? Yeah.
1: Or he was, should I say. Yeah. What a comeback. Sorry, don't know where that came from.
0: <laughs> so that's what I've been watching. Didn't think that was going to be that negative. But I'll make up for it with Tar later. Daniel, what have you been watching?
1: In the Isles, we bring you the latest and greatest content. Fresh. Not this week. Um, Search Party. Which is don't even know how long it's been on BBC iPlayer. You heard of this? No, I've not. Yeah, you have. Anyway, it came out in 2017, I believe. Um, I'm not fresh to this such party. Um, it finished last year. It's a HBR series. I don't think it started off on HBR. Might have moved over in its third season, judging by the title card that comes up. It's about a bunch of city millennial hipsters trying to initially in season 1 dig into the disappearance of one of their classmates and it all just goes a bit chaotic from there really it's a comedy primarily but it does have quite serious tones to it and shifts in storylines and th- things that have of real weight i would say this is an absolute breath of fresh 20 minutes plus air uh, each episode a very very bite-sized episodes I've flown through three seasons in two weeks which is is how much I've uh I've enjoyed this it stars I don't know how you say a name do you remember maybe from Arrested Development Aaliyah Shawkat? I'm saying a name wrong I don't know yes. how you say it
0: I don't know yes I know what you mean yeah
1: She's the main character, Dory. She kind of spurs on this investigation into this missing classmate and things take a turn, many twists and developments. But at the heart of it, it is piss funny. It is so funny. There's there's a gay character in this, played by John Ely, who I've never seen in anything before. He's so over-the-top gay. Not, I'm not saying that in a bad way. He is. It's brilliant. He's, he's instantly despisable because he's the most self-obsessed person you've ever met. But somehow, despite all his character flaws and the fact that deep down he's actually quite a problematic human being, I can't help but love him on screen. He's he's brilliant. And, and the whole cast in this, the satire is is just really on point. I, I just think this is so sharp as a comedy. I've fallen in love with it. And what's really surprising me is three seasons in, it's tonally changing again. And you get darker things, which you don't think were even possible in the first season because of where they were with it. So I'm really enjoying this so far, and I hear that it only gets crazier and very easy to consume, I would say. Um, So give it a go. It's on uh, BBC iPlayer, that's Search Party.
0: Cool. So it's a HBO production that's just, it's on BBC iPlayer in the UK.
1: Indeed, yes.
0: What else have you been watching?
1: Just a very quick mention that I... Are you up to date with The Last of Us?
0: Yes, I am.
1: Episode three, the conversation died on this weeks ago, but my word, I have not responded to a TV programme like that in ages. Just wanted to call it out. Me and the missus, who, like I said, I think when we reviewed it last time, I was like, oh, she's not going to like this. She was in bits. I was in bits. We were broken. We both finished the episode. and I'm like, she used just end the night. It's just to end the night here because there's just no point going it's, on. There's, there's, it's, we're it's not going to recover from this. <laughs> yeah, so so good. Probably one of the best things I've seen in terms of an hour of television in in absolutely ages. Don't know if you liked
0: it. I agree. Yeah. Only flaw was Bill standing out in the open in the street during the Raider attack. He should have been in a better defensive position, but. It didn't ruin the episode.
1: Fair point, to be honest. I, I didn't pick up on it, but yeah, it was probably a bit reckless, really. That, um, But need, needed to... That, that's spoiling it. I'll show up. Anyway, The Last of Us continues to be good. Can't wait to see what's next. I'll keep this one short and sweet. I have three other things. I'm not going to mention them. I just didn't know which to uh, talk about, to be honest. Plain. God, we've been going to the cinema a lot. Me and the Mrs. Rare Night Out. And I thought, oh, what's, what's good? This film that's just called Plane got to be great. It's got Gerard Butler in. He's always in good films, right? In fact, I don't think I like any Gerard Butler film. Anyway, persuaded us to watch this. It is, if you've seen the trailer, uh, it's Die Hard with a plane. Uh, I think there's been diehards with with planes. But long and short of it is plane has a bit of a uh, an issue. Crash lands in the middle of God knows where and there's a lot of terrorists uh, that are on the run that are trying to... Uh, just mess things up basically that I don't really need to go into any more detail than that. The journey to them crash landing is great. Really tension filled. There's no messing around. There's no meat that needs trimming off. It's just get on the plane. There's a problem. We're going to crash. And that, that is all really tense and it's very well done. They land action ensues. The action is perfectly fine. And this again is very, not my missus jam. So to my surprise, we left the cinema and she was like, do you know what? I really had no interest in watching that film and I had a bloody good time. And, and I agree with her. It's not, it's not like the best film you'll ever see, but for like a serviceable action film, it definitely ticks the boxes. The only thing that I will say is I didn't realise that Gerard Butler says he is Scottish in this film. And I was like, oh my God, you can just like hear his Scottish accent through when he's doing this American. The whole film, I was like, he's kind of pulling it off, but I can hear the Scottish in it. He is meant to be Scottish in the film, so it's fine. I, I genuinely feel like Gerard Butler has forgotten what his native accent is. That That's what it comes across as. I think he's just been winging it for far too long. He doesn't even know what his own voice is. Anyway, very, very good. Playing.
0: Very good. What are the ones then, Other quick hits? Uh,
1: I'll just point you in the direction of one more. Extraordinary on Disney+. Plus. You heard about this? No. Bit of a weird one in that it's a British production, but is on Disney Plus. I, d- I just don't think I've come across that before. So it's essentially a superhero themed series where everyone in the world has superpowers apart from this one girl who is our main protagonist. And it's all about her and a friend group and how they deal with her powers, how she deals with not having powers, and it's all done in a very farcical, far-fetched way, which I found very, very amusing. The one thing that I didn't find amusing is, I believe, and I I might get this wrong, but from the limited research that I've done, this was written by somebody who used to go to my uni, but she's about 10 years younger than me. She's literally wrote this at uni, been picked up by Disney, and now she has a TV show. Livid. For every me that the University of Manchester produced, there is someone successful as well. So good good for her. There's a lot of orgasm jokes in there as well. It's it's quite filthy. It's adult oriented. Just to put that disclaimer on it. Don't watch it with your kids.
0: Very good. Extra ordinary. Should we go into real news? Let's do so. It's
1: the real
0: thing. It is now real, real news. News. What's the crack? What's going on?
1: Right, well, do you know how everyday existence is miserable and we're in a broken world?
0: Yep, and collapse is inevitable and peak oil can't be avoided. Yeah.
1: Yeah, all that jazz, yeah. So let's start off with some death. Mm -hmm. So first one, heavy implication, there that death is involved. We don't know this. There is a missing woman in England at the minute that is all the rage. Everyone's talking about it, but no one's talking about Julian Sands. Now, I wouldn't consider him an A-list actor, But if you Google the guy, you've definitely seen him in stuff. Big actor in the 80s and 90s. He he had quite a prominent part in 24. That's what I know him from. This guy went for a walk randomly one day around a month ago. He ain't been seen since. Latest update was, yeah, still got hope, but um, it's getting a bit more troublesome. Weird. Why is no one talking about this? Why is no one talking about it?
0: On The Guardian, if you click on the Julian Sands topic... The last time they wrote something about it was the 11th of February. Now, to be fair, Guardian don't just churn out article after article like the Daily Mail, but it's gone silent. Outcome of Julius and Sands' search may not be what we would like, police say.
1: Watch this space. Hopefully he is found alive, but it's been a while now. Um, So, yeah. Weirdest film I've ever seen with him in is, you know, David Lynch? Yes, uh, his daughter did a film called Boxing Helena, where she just, the woman kept in a box from memory. It's a weird ass film with Julian Sands in, and he's like ridiculously over the top. So if you want to kind of rejoice in his, hopefully s- still present on Earth, um, but you know, just uh, revisit him with that, maybe. Um, or actually, you probably just say, why are you pointing me in the direction of that film? It's awful. Anyway, sticking with death, Paul Walker is actual dead not making fun of that fast X the trailer came out they've only gone and inserted him into it again so the directors come out and said and that just let him be I thought that what what film was it was it the... the seventh one that was the the farewell yes
0: best scene ever in any film ever made
1: maybe <laughs> slight exaggeration but I'm with you it was tasteful enough fitted in with this family theme that they've had going for coming up Ridiculous, my films now. I thought it was very well done and a fitting tribute. Don't bring him back again. At least they are saying this will not be a CGI recreation of him. It will be him shown in flashbacks, which is more acceptable. But the line that I really didn't like in this was director Louis uh, or Louis Leterrier came out and said, "It just has to be the right moment, the right tone." I think what James Wan, director of uh, Fast and Furious 7, did at the end was perfect. The tone was perfect. Brian has to re-enter the franchise as perfectly as he left it. He left it. Let him leave it. He doesn't have to return. Like, it's sad. It is sad. We wish he was still part of this franchise, but he's not. Don't force
0: it. It's it's very distasteful. I don't care how sensitive it's done, how sensitively it's done. Even I thought it was even weird to do what they did at last film, where they just have the car drive up and you never see him. If they, if they're gonna do some deep fake stuff, it's mm. really not on. It's not on.
1: They are, they are saying it's not that, but okay, that's
0: good. I still it, don't like it, but
1: <laughs> I just feel like this is cutting room floor stuff from all the other films. They will knock something together to manufacture a storyline. If it, if if it is a brief. Here he is. All oh, this happened, kind of fair enough. But if they try and dredge your storyline out of it with cutting room floor stuff, I'll be like, just give it a rest now. Just thought I'd brief you on that. So that's the death segment covered. Anything a bit more uplifting?
0: Uh, uplifting is that we're going to have a whole, a brand new universe of content from the from DC, and this has already been cycled out of the of the news cycle. But James Gunn did his announcement video where he announced his. Efforts to reboot the DC universe with a new Superman film, a new Batman film, and his multiple attempts to remake Guardians of the Galaxy with even more obscure DC characters, and it's my it's my belief it's my belief that James Gunn will spend at least the next ten years trying to remake Guardians of the Galaxy because I've ever so seen one
1: trick pony.
0: No, he's not think He's a one trick pony. He's really good. The the, the the Suicide Squad was really good. But when you look at these obscure characters.
1: Similar sort of setup. You
0: just think, mm, they're gonna, they're gonna do the same thing again and, that, and again, and say, oh well, you know, these characters, these, these are, these are beloved cult classic characters, and it's so, it's, it's so unbelievably unexpected that he's managed to make a good story out of these characters that no one's, no one's heard of.
1: And that, That's all I was going to say. Is uh, this is an obscure slate of films, really, for the most part, which has surprised me, but. I welcome that it's not, we're doing super, well, they are doing Superman again, but <laughs> we're not, we're not taking Batman back to the start and doing it from scratch again. And oh, in fact that exists in, in this separate non-canon DC universe where we just do experiments essentially. And if they're yeah. good, we carry on, but they're not related. Take us through it if if you wish, or give us a few mentions.
0: I'll give you the rundown and you just react. Just give me your reacts. To each one. Movies. Superman. Legacy. Thumbs up. The Authority. Question mark. What's that? The Brave and the Bold. That's the my mom. Oh,
1: okay. yeah. Happy. Love Heart.
0: Supergirl. Woman of Tomorrow. <sighs> yep. Pooh emoji. Mm-hmm. Swamp Thing.
1: They tried this. They had a TV series. Yeah, the no. people liked and they cancelled it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's it for the movies. TV shows. Creature Commandos. Right. Yeah.
1: It's David Attenborough collaboration.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Booster Gold.
1: Booster Gold.
0: Yeah, who's a time traveller who uses technology from the future to make himself be a superhero.
1: Right. Yeah. Scraping the barrel here.
0: Yeah, so between the authority creature commandos and Booster Gold, you've got these three obscure... Titles that are going to be so irrever- so irre- irre- irreverent, so sub- subversive. Waller, who's the character from Suicide Squad, the, the leader.
1: Oh, the um, the woman from How to Get Away with Murder. Can't think of a name. Davis. Yes, spin off with her, isn't it? Yeah. Why have Why have they not done? So they did. They did the Peacemaker TV series with John Cena, didn't they? Yeah. And from everything that I heard, brilliant. Everyone loved it. Great. That's not getting a season two, but we've got a spin-off with this sort of bit character from Suicide Squad. I have a bit of faith in James Gunn. I do. But this reeks of, we don't know what we're doing again.
0: There's two more. There's two more. Lanterns, which is about the Green Lanterns.
1: Right. Yeah. TV series.
0: Yes. Last one, Paradise Lost, which is set in Wonder Woman's Home Island.
1: So Gal Gadot's been demoted to TV, as you know. It's she not even clear. Showing up? It's
0: not clear if she will star in it. In it,
1: they've made a right mess. I know we've uh, we've said it before, but we've still like got this legacy universe. Like it's not done. They've not cut the cord. Still got the flash out. That's introducing three Batman's from different franchise. D- what a mess! You know what they have
0: to do. What they have to do. They have to let these. Other films come out, pretend that they care, make as much money as possible, and then immediately forget about them.
1: But that is what they're going to do, isn't it? Like, what yeah. is the... Well, yeah. and to get the point, they've paid so much money, they can't just say... Oh, does it... I, I personally think, give James Gunn another year to have a think about this, because it's very murky, and then let him... I, I get why they wouldn't do that, because they, they've got deadlines and they need to get a, a movie slate out for everyone, but it just comes across as stupid, doesn't it? Yeah, it
0: does. It does, and I wonder. You know, maybe we're just getting too old for this now. Yeah. I did watch the Bat the Flash trailer, and when Michael Keaton shows up, I did. Ugh, I hated myself for getting hyped and thinking, "Oh, it's 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 happening! It's happening!" And I hated myself for that reaction. But most of the stuff, I do feel like, like we've said before, how many Batman's do we need to see in our lifetime? It's hard mm. to keep ex- It's hard to stay excited
1: but and and to be fair the only thing that actually does excite me and it, at the minute is coming across as an excuse for these other things that exist in the universe but this idea of a experimental other side of dc where they just try things like they did with the batman or the joker i'd much rather just see that yeah than this confined universe where everything interlinks because we've had that already with marvel to dig back into the Flash though, because you've seen it, did it not reek of we're doing what Spider Man did here? Yes, it does. Yeah. And watching
0: multiple Spider Mans is much better than watching multiple Flashes when they're both Ezra Miller, who's annoying and pro- a problematic actor yeah. to say the least.
1: It's a criminal. Just going to put it out right there. Allegedly. Right. Well, Looks like you've got a lot of things that might not be worth your time to look forward to. So, yeah, keep your eye on that. Shall we move on to the main review? Let's do it.
0: Hello, I'd like to order an opinion, please. This film is new, fresh point of view. Hold me sit back. This is a fact. we in the aisles. Here are some aisles. Thoughts in sync. Tell you what to think. I'll listen to you, but please don't rap again. Kate Blanchett is the star of a film about Tar, who is a character whose reputation is tarred by people and she has to bear the scars of being barred from places she normally goes. Whether she's in a car or playing golf and shooting below par, she's uh, <laughs> it's tough. It's a tough life for her as the events of the film unfold.
1: Yeah. Oh, shit. Plot synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. On it. Set in the international world of Western classical music, the film centers on Lydia Tarr, widely considered one of the greatest living composer-conductors and the very first female director of a major German orchestra. James, what did you think of
0: Tarr? High expectations Coming into such a well-reviewed film Where Kate Blanchett Who's already done the performance of her life Five times Is apparently doing the performance of her life Again Todd Field Coming out of a Semi-retirement To do a film After 50 years It's not 50 years It's a long time I watched Little Children When it came out Just for Jeff Connolly And Yeah, it was good But it's not like I remember it And it's not like I'm going to say Oh, Todd Field What a director He's so great but expectations were high. There's something there's something about this film. There's something about it. Right from the off, it is brilliant. It's so carefully it, like Babylon, there are some long scenes, but it's so delicately and deliberately shot that it, it draws you in more. It draws you in rather than bombarding you with stuff. And yes, Kate Blanchett is in every pretty much every scene. And it runs Oh, this runs 2 hours and 38 minutes, but she's phenomenal in all of it. I feel like self-conscious being so so positive. I feel like we're, I'm being pretentious when I praise a film like this and try to be serious, but I don't know how else to, <laughs> to describe it because it really is. It is that good. It's that good. It's so good that I thought, is this based on a true story? Because it feels so real, but it's all complete fiction. This fictional character of Lydia Tarr, when it starts off, when she's doing an interview on stage, the interviewer lists off her accomplishments. It does make it seem like this is a real person that exists. But even in that very long opening scene where the interviewer is talking to Kate Blanchett, you can even see then in the performance, she's just sort of bristling at little things that are being said during the interview, but she's holding it back because she's on stage. And right there you think, oh, there's something, there's more going on here with this person. So it's utterly... Utterly captivated all the way through as she as she has, um, it's not, yeah, it's sort of a downfall. It's like a rise and fall as the, as the film goes on, as events slowly unfold. Because once you get to the top, the only place to go is down. And there's something that I want to get into on, on theme, which is that um, before it came out, there was a lot of talk about how this film is against cancel culture and this is a film that's saying cancel culture is it's bad and Lydia Tar is a character that like speaks against like social justice stuff but that's only in one scene where she brutalizes this student because of his mm. identity politics and then after that it doesn't it doesn't really come up but on the cancel culture thing there's loads of essays online about whether or not this about what this film's position is on cancel culture whether it's saying that yes Lydia Tarr is a bad person who should have been cancelled or is it a film that says actually Lydia Tarr it's more complicated maybe she shouldn't be and people are trying to come out with a clear cut take but I just thought by the end of it it was saying it's complicated it's really really complicated it doesn't judge her Lydia Tarr the, the Lydia Tarr character it doesn't take sides you don't really see her doing anything really bad unlike say Whiplash where you're watching a very an obviously evil character it just gives you a lot to a lot to ponder on and it's not just Kate Blanchett that is she dominates completely, but I think the whole cast around her is very good, all just totally believable. Again, we would think this is a real, this is a real story. This actually happened. but it's that good. So yeah, I'm not very interested maybe to talk about because I only have good things to say. Even the running time, I didn't mind because I was so into it. Daniel, what did you think of Tar?
1: Just like you, I, w- I was looking forward to it for quite a while. Uh, I'm not going to be a pompous ass and tell you how much I love Todd Field. Uh, I have seen Little Children and I think In the Bedroom many, many moons ago. And all that leads me on to say is that I think from memory, his films were very much about relationships or and or intimacy. And this one does kind of touch on that stuff. But again, from my hazy, terrible, flawed memory, this feels like one of the coldest films of his that I've seen, uh, which probably speaks more to the character of Lydia Tarr rather than say how it's short or anything like that. Because it's actually visually one of the warmer ones. Like I'd see the colour palette of little children, it was very like sterile. And I might be misremembering that. Anyway, going off on one. Don't know what I'm talking about because can't remember. So Lydia Tar, she's this orchestral conductor, composer, whatever you want to use, word. I, I, I don't know what the word is. She's well-renowned. And you alluded to that scene where she gets, like, this five-minute breakdown of, of accolades and accomplishments. And I was like, after a minute, I thought, she's good. I get it. It's fine. But it is actually just very impressive to just hear, like, how accomplished she is. And uh, I'm, I'm not knocking the film for that. I thought it set it up quite well in terms of like, wow, she is quite a powerful figure. To that point, she she is a real domineering presence, echoing everything that you've said. I think she really commands your attention whenever she's on screen, which is the entire runtime. She is a true great. I was going to say of our generation, it's not really. It's someone previous, isn't it? But, you know, we're experiencing her work and she is sublime. So... I bought into her like being this revered character straight from the word go. She's in that lecture room. And again, you pointed out one of the scenes that I thought was really good, where she kind of calls out this guy for being woke without using those words. And I just thought it was quite playful and and intelligent how she kind of owned him in that scene. It uh, It was very, very good. Weirdly enough, and I might be remembering the timing wrong here, after that scene, I thought... Oh god! How long has this been on for? I looked at my watch and I thought forty minutes. Like literally, nothing has happened. But I've been so absorbed with the word smithing that's going on and some of the dialogue that I was like, I was completely transfixed by it. So it didn't bother me at all. Not a bad thing that forty minutes had gone by and not a lot really had happened dramatically, because Kate Blanchett just held my attention, as I said. And we're in this like world of the orchestral elite. And what confused me a lot with this film is I made the mistake of hearing other people's opinions on it or just little tidbits of what they thought of it. And and I've heard quite a few people say, this film is not about music. Probably not at the heart of it, no. But my word, there is a lot of that world and that industry in here. I think, I'm not saying you have to be invested in it to enjoy the film, but I think if you are that sort of person that's into classical music, you will probably gain another layer of appreciation that I didn't have, but I did still find it fascinating because it's something that I'm not that familiar with. One thing that I can't, uh, I'm trying not to blame the film for this, but I do blame the marketing. I saw a trailer for this. You know what I'm like, I tend to stay away from trailers. It might've even just been a TV spot, but this really heavily implies that is like a mashup of whiplash and black swan. And it's not, it's just not at all. So I, my expectations of what this film would be, it completely fell short of that. That is not the film's fault. That is the marketing's fault. And because of that, it left me feeling a bit flat. I think in terms of a character study and showing you somebody who you know is inherently flawed, I think it says its bit and it, it does a good job, but I don't think, like you were speaking about the possible theme of it. Um, and I think you argued, the point well in terms of if it is about cancel culture, like what actually is the redeeming about her truly to be a statement on that, because she does do some pretty deplorable things. Like you realise, and it might be a bit of a spoiler to say, but nah, it's not. She uses people a lot. There's not a lot of humanity in her, and that that was interesting. But I don't really, from where the film ends up, I don't know what it's trying to say. And I think that's the bit that maybe a repeat viewing. I'd benefit from that. So, yeah, I, I'm not as hot on it as I actually thought I would be. That's not to say it was bad. It's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel the runtime at all. So I don't regret the experience. But, yeah, just not as positive as I thought it would be is, is all I can say at this moment in time.
0: Okay. I want to pick up on some stuff that you've raised, but it will be getting into spoilers. Should we go into spoilers? Yes. Yeah. Daniel, would you recommend Tar?
1: Yes, I, I still do. I still do. I think it is worth watch. Just manage your expectations by not having any in the first place, or watching the trailer. James, what about you?
0: Yes, I would recommend Tar. That was released this year, twenty twenty three, in the UK. So it is a, that makes it eligible for one of the films of the year in twenty twenty three. Let's go into spoilers.
1: Bruce Willis' His real name is... Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. Doop, 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 spoilers. Go on, what have you got gripes about? What, are you going to tear apart that I said? I don't, I
0: don't have any gripes. But just to the ending of the film. So Lydia Tar faces a series of accusations. She replaces the main conductor and she infiltrates the... What do we call it? The theatre during a performance... And tries to, she attacks her replacement on stage, which is quite shocking. And then sometime later, she finds undemanding work conducting in the Philippines. And it turns out that she's conducting the score for the video game series Monster Hunter in front of an audience of cosplayers. And a bizarre ending. So she falls to that level of conducting.
1: That's very specific. I did not know that was, I didn't know that was going on. I might have missed Something I didn't know. I
0: country. didn't know it was Monster Hunter. I just realized. Oh, she's. This is either a film or video game, and it's yeah. cosplayers that she's doing it for. We'll get back to the ending. One thing you said about how the trailer made it seem like it was like Black Swan, which it's not. But something I liked is that she does have a little bit of descending into madness, where she she hears a woman screaming when she's out for a run, but she never finds it, and you think, oh, she's that's a, some something that's actually happened. But then she becomes very sensitive to sound. So she hears a rattling in a car that she just can't, she can't ignore. And I'm like that in my car as well. And she starts to have nightmares and you actually see the nightmares. Just a little bit, just a little bit. And little things like that happen. It's not completely over the top and it's only little things, but it's enough to unsettle you just a little bit. It's not a full on black swan descent into madness, but it's enough that makes you just think there's something something's not right here and that just gives it an extra edge like a psychological thriller edge to it and then the, i guess the payoff for that is when she snaps and attacks someone on stage i really liked that whole that element as well But i'm not seeing the trailer you're talking about but i'm guessing they just pick out those three scenes out of the 3 hour film to make it seem like it's all about that
1: yeah i mean i can't even tell you shot for shot what it looks like but I just know that because I tried as well like not paying too much attention to it but it was just on and I thought well, I'm not going to escape this so I witnessed it and it it just was really like this is psychological horror almost not even a thriller and it's just I mean, I'm trying not to bring my prejudice of what I wanted the film to be into this but I, I don't think I can actually help it because like you have said I think on reflection especially after what you've just gone through um, in terms of how it how it inserts those things, it does it in a very very restrained way, and I think it is enough for that. Like when that moment arrives where she attacks that guy, I was in disbelief for like two minutes, going, "This, this is a f- she's imagining this 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 isn't real. She isn't doing that." Yeah, and yet it is. <laughs> she's she's full on gone bonkers, and I I think that is the measure of it doing what is trying to do. Well, it's just I can't help but insert what. I envisaged this film being, and it not being, into the equation of how much I liked it. But I, I, ignoring the marketing side, it actually accomplishes what it set out to do quite well. I'm just bringing in that baggage, I think. So apologies yeah. for that.
0: So the ending where she takes on undemanding work in the Philippines, this is where I think there's a. it balances the character out and doesn't judge very much. Because even though she takes on this undemanding work of conducting the score for the monster monster hunter she does it so professionally and she still does it meticulously and she's not being a complete bully with this new orchestra she's just very professional still and that makes you think oh she's not evil maybe she's i don't know because you never really you never see any of the stuff the worst things that she's cute of it makes you think oh well you, you don't really know which way to go with her because she has the option of just not really bothering that much or just bull- bullying these people in the Philippines. But she doesn't, she's still very professional. And then she vomits outside when she goes to the to the brothel. And it it, it still ends very ambiguously.
1: And that, that, again, playing into everything that I just said before, was the bit that, annoyingly, I have a problem with the film for, even though I respect it for what I did, because all the key moments in this film are kind of not shown to you. So when she's going through these allegations of, oh, maybe she actually contributed to the suicide of this musician that she worked with, you don't see the sacking. You don't see the aftermath of it. It just instantly cut to, oh, it's the night of the performance. And then you get that shock moment of, oh, fuck, she's been sacked. And obviously from an impact standpoint, that really works. But there's quite a lot in the film where, like you said, it's it's obviously intentional. But I'm like, I wish I had the depth of knowing how twisted you are because there's like that line between her and her partner where she says the only relationship that you've had, that's non-transactional is with your daughter. I'm paraphrasing, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And it literally two minutes before that scene began, I was starting to realize how much silently she is. Well, and and sometimes like, obviously she is just abusing the fuck out of (laughs) people from scene to scene. It's all using them to her advantage. There's nothing that she is giving back
0: you're making me think I'm being too easy on her. Is saying well, you actually thought
1: she was? <laughs> no, I'm not
0: saying that she was a good person, but you're very like she was very obviously bad. And I'm saying, well, yeah, she's bad, but it doesn't really take a particular view on her. But maybe it does. I don't know. What I've, see, what I've seen is that it it doesn't. Real critics who get paid they're saying it's it's it doesn't cast it doesn't cast judgment on her. And because I'd watched Whiplash recently. Whipl- not to spoil the ending of Whiplash, but the idea of Whiplash is that, yes, it's basically an abusive relationship, but it challenges you to think, well, maybe this is just what it takes to be great. And then here, it's not that because there isn't really, it's not about I shouldn't teach a relationship, but with Tar, to have that massive list of accomplishments that she gets recited at the beginning of the film, maybe the only way to get to that point is to have transactional Relationships with everyone and allegedly be really awful, but yes, to take and take and take and isolate people. Maybe that's the only path to greatness. And if you want greats to exist, you might maybe have to have them be not great people.
1: Yeah. And then that's, that's fair to say. And as we all know, many of the world's most powerful leaders are all knobheads. Um, so it's certainly in fitting in how the world works. But I just think she, for me anyway, like just lost her humanity in this.
0: She's a victim of her own success, but then so is everyone else around her, is maybe what the point
1: (laughs) is. But good music
0: was produced in the end. Was it worth it?
1: And I I might have a very tainted view of of Whitlash, but I feel like he had very unorthodox methods of getting somebody there, but he actually still at the heart of it, despite showing it in a very, very weird way, cared about the student realising their potential. When actually, in this instance, it's all to serve Lydia Tarr's accomplishments yeah. and her future. It's, it's more selfish than that, even though he was probably more on the face of it, outwardly like abusive. Yes. This is more psychological.
0: It's a really interesting
1: thing to compare the two. Yeah. Even though I'm it's... so glad you watched Whit- Whitblash. Yeah. So glad. Uh, and Tarr. Tarr's great as well. Tarr's we good. good, but <laughs> is really good. What are we doing next episode, James?
0: Marcel, the shell with shoes on, at last, it's being released in UK cinemas. This is a film that's described on Wikipedia as a 2021 American (laughs) live-action stop-motion animated film that was released properly in the US in June, and they've finally seen
1: the sense to release it in the UK. And I'm uh, led to believe we may shed a tear or two. Thanks for listening. If you've made it so far, you can leave us your thoughts, feedback, suggestions, criticism at in the aisles feed uh, feedback. That doesn't exist at in the aisles at what the fuck is it?
0: <laughs> it's it's, it's got to be in the aisles at gmail.com
1: in the, in the aisles podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram where we sporadically post. And I haven't done that. that's a reminder. I need to do that tonight. And, yeah, just five-star reviews and ratings across the board. Just do it. I've asked you so many times now. It is taking the mic. Thank you. Thank you. See you next week, James. You. Episode...